Bling Blong, everyone. Our new podcast miniseries, Talking Mission Hill, is now exclusively on Patreon. Put on your spicy pants every Friday with a new podcast covering each episode of the cult series from Simpsons legends Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. $5 subscribers at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons can hear every episode, plus all of our previous miniseries about Futurama, King of the Hill, and The Critic. So don't be a Beardsley. Sign up for Talking Mission Hill today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, recorded over the good tarp. I'm your host, Imagination Christmas celebrator Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and I'm using my brains this episode. My delicious brains. And who do we have on the line? Uh, you have Lindsay Katai, and I'm just happy to be here with these boys of mine. <laughs> Excellent. Today's episode is Little Big Mom. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders. We have struck gold in the meme mines, and today's episode aired on January 9th, 2000. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my god! Welcome to the 2000s, Bobby, as this is our first episode of the year 2000. And this is when Dan Marino played his final NFL game. America Online announces an agreement to purchase Time Warner for $162 billion. What? And, debuting right after this episode, Malcolm in the Middle. A major success for Fox. Yeah, one of their their biggest live-action successes in comedy, I think, ever. And why like, it's why they canceled every animated show after <laughs> it went live. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they kill all those shows. But uh, uh, what I know most about Dan Marino's career, I learned through the documentary Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yes, yeah, <laughs> which a documentary now is uh, hard to go back yeah, to. Yeah, let's for, not put that on any service. documentary. Yeah. Uh, but the America Online thing is interesting because that is uh, connected to this episode. The voice of America Online is in this episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, the, and that Time Warner merger was a crazy thing. Like, now it's it's normal to hear of a giant telecom company merging with a media company. It's, it's rare when it doesn't happen. But it was very different back then. And as a pro wrestling super fan, I know it as the thing that killed WCW because... Oh. <laughs> because America Online, by buying Time Warner, their stocks outnumbered Ted Turner's. So Ted Turner didn't have the power to prevent people from closing a wrestling company. And so a year later, when uh, AOL Time Warner's like, we don't want to own wrestling anymore, he couldn't, like he did in the 80s, say, well, I'm going to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> they said goodbye, right? Am I right? Come yes, on. Yeah, <laughs> Classic yeah. quotes. Uh, I have to say before we move on, I love Malcolm in the Middle so much. And I think we need to talk about it one of these days when we do one of our live action cartoon podcasts because oh, yeah. it was good from start to finish. Simpsons people worked on it. And mm -hmm. I think now is the perfect time for a rewatch because we all learned life is unfair <laughs> as they might be giant yeah. sung. Yeah, uh, I wanted to watch it. Just I think I did hear about it early because into 1999, I was a mega they might be giants fan. So I had heard ahead of time. Oh, you know, they've got to they do the theme song of this new show. I'm like, the they might be giants adding credence to this young show. 
show called Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, but anyway, hey, welcome to our guest, Lindsay K. Ty. Hello. Hello. Uh, you... Thank you for having me. And Lindsay, you're the host of the podcast Teen Creeps. The R.L. Stein episodes, those, I actually read those books as a kid. Oh, did you really? Yes, yeah. A lot of people's introduction is the Goosebumps book. Mm Mm-hmm. I was more of a Fear Street guy myself. Mm-hmm. A little racier. That's refreshing. <laughs> we read the Fear Street books. We tried reading Goosebumps, but they just skew a little bit too young. There are a little bit too many uh, fake outs, too many annoying little brothers, <laughs> uh, annoying fear- older sisters. Fear Street even breaks those, the, the all a dream things too, usually. Yeah, I, uh, well, I was a Goosebumps reader who graduated into some Fear Street stuff. I read a few. I, I, when I was listening to your one for The Snowman, I was like, I think I read this one. Like, it was, <laughs> is a weird feeling. Oh, you listened to an especially weird episode of ours then. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, that, uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks. It, and uh, and also you're a writer in uh, comedy and animation as well, right? Yeah, I am a writer on the now uh, HBO Max original series Infinity Train. It's produced by Cartoon Network Studios. We first aired on Cartoon Network and now we are streaming exclusively on HBO Max, which uh, really ties into the whole Time Warner mm-hmm. <laughs> story. Yeah. Uh, a- AOL is now like such a tiny sliver of that pie and it's the now it's an AT&T company, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our What a Cartoon show, uh, we did an episode of regular show with, with Toby Jones and Owen Dennis mm. uh, and uh, Owen Owen's the yeah. creator of Infinity War. Infinity Train. Tra- Infinity Train. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm I don't gonna... think he created Infinity War, uh, but yeah. I think Marvel does not own the term Infinity. He'd be a little richer, but maybe not much because Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Oh, there's, the there's so many superheroes in this room. I can see why Henry's mind uh, stray. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> but so yeah. I mean, were you a viewer of The Simpsons in your youth? I was. I started watching it when I was, I think, 13. Um, we didn't watch it before that. My mom thought it was too mature. But then, uh, yeah, I discovered it in syndication and started watching it obsessively, was quoting it all the time, had my little Simpsons books with the highlights from all the episodes. What are those? What are those series called? Like uh, Everything Simpsons or? Well, like the uh, the guide, the... Everything Guide to Simpsons. Yeah, the Everything maybe? Guide to Simpsons, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we hear a lot from people that they were either a child whose parents just let them watch anything or in their early teens, they mm-hmm. finally were free to watch The Simpsons and that's when they got into it. It's yeah. it's one of those two types of parents. And luckily, I think the show was only in its maybe like sixth season at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. was still pretty early in the game. I mean, once it's syndicated, you can watch in the afternoons and uh, your parents are less likely to police that time, I guess. Yeah, it's like it's gotten a 6.30 seal of approval. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, did, you know, the show influence you any as like a a comedy writer? Yeah, I'm sure it's partly why I'm so into like vaudeville humor. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like the monorail episode, jokes like that where it's like Music Man parodies. You said, of course, Ahoy Ahoy to Mm -hmm. start off the episode. And I recently tried to put that in an Infinity Train script. And I didn't remember it as being a a reference to The Simpsons. Everybody in the room was like, you can't use a Simpsons joke. I was like, I'm not using a Simpsons (laughs) joke. That was Alexander Graham Bell's preferred greeting when you answer the telephone 
Does That's no true. one else know this? So I, <laughs> I don't know. It really jives with my old tiny sense of humor. <laughs> and uh, has has your you know professional work brought you in the orbit of any Simpsons folks? It has not, not yet. Yeah, mm. not a lot of Simpsons writers over at Cartoon Network. Aww, I would say like ten percent of uh, LA's population is now Simpsons writers. You either have written <laughs> for them or you are true. writing for them. So <laughs> uh, at least you're a PA. You meet, you know, someone who's a PA on Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell helped me get the job on Infinity Train, and he was a PA on Simpsons. I think. Oh wow! Yeah, Mike Mitchell of the Birthday Boys. Oh, we yeah, love we Mike love him. Mitchell. Yeah, we've been, mm-hmm. we've we've landed Nick Weiger in the past but we have not yet gotten uh mitchell yet uh, mitch, mitch on the is show. a bit harder to pin <laughs> down we also have not yet had mitch on teen creeps but we have had weiger a few times he's he's a mercurial guy but that's what we like about him but. yeah <laughs> so we have uh, a writer's corner up front so we always do this when there is a new uh, credited writer for the episode so the writer of course of this episode is carolyn omine at this point in history 20 years ago it was still very rare to have a uh, a woman staff writer on the simpsons i think she is like the third or the fourth there's yeah. uh, jennifer crittenden there's uh rachel polito mm-hmm. and uh julie, julie thacker, thacker and yeah. that and is this the number four this is number yeah. four yeah there there was wow uh, <laughs> season there, 11 <laughs> yeah there there was mimi pond and nell scoville in freelance capacity right. but not staff uh and i believe that is it and of course julie thacker is a great writer on her own of course but she is also married to mike scully so you're like mm-hmm. uh, you know <laughs> I, yeah i think uh, one carolyn omine i believe she is the highest ranking woman in the simpsons hierarchy ever like she'd she'd end up being that level With, like uh, 22 years in the show i would hope so yeah so yeah, yeah. she was hired <laughs> at, <some point. laughs> uh, at the beginning of season 10 for the first treehouse episode so she was a producer in season 10 this is her first credited episode and i want to go over her history really quickly just to show you where she's been so her first writing credit was one episode of something called home free which was a one uh, season mid-season show on abc it was a matthew perry vehicle like right before friends started so Ah, uh not like 10 episodes aired of this no one remembers it it's not available anywhere it's not even on youtube Uh, nobody cares about home free this will strike all of us as odd i think so she went from home free to the final two seasons of full house that was shocking to yeah. find out yeah yeah she, she that you know other than simpsons her credits on sitcoms are not the you know edgy critically acclaimed kind you know that seemed like she was a bit of a uh she was you get, take the job yeah you can get. that's yeah. what i was trying to say yes yeah i yeah. feel <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like when i was on the message boards and uh you know news groups back then like this was weaponized against her mm-hmm. as a writer like she she came from full house yeah. and now she's writing on the simpsons like she didn't well, come from letterman these people know nothing exactly. they don't understand but like the argument was like oh she didn't come from letterman or snl or get a life like mm. full house are you kidding me but yeah i mean i love full house as a kid she actually wrote the last episode michelle rides again part two i uh yes <laughs> i did look that up i had forgotten those episodes that the finale was a two-parter where michelle gets amnesia and i think it's an excuse for a clip show i think which oh, yeah yeah a clip show 
last episode is a crummy way i mean i'm not blaming her like it's just i, I think they were probably like we're definitely being canceled tjf is changing yeah let's just sit around in in the cat on the couch and figure out uh, this this caused me to look into full house because i enjoyed it a lot as a kid and then ironically as like a preteen and teen and i was like why didn't this just go on forever because it is back now mm-hmm. back then there weren't even 200 episodes and i was reading like it just got too expensive to make because there's like 12 cast members that have been on the show for eight years so mm-hmm. you need to pay them all more and more every year so yeah that was her role then she went on to uh, something called the parenthood i think that's a robert townsend sitcom uh, yeah, um, and yeah. then uh, nick freno licensed teacher and then uh, she wrote one real one episode of all real monsters and wild thornberries and then simpsons for the next 22 years yeah i i did find an interview with her to explain why she did uh, real monsters and wild thornberries which were her first two animation jobs and it was she had gotten into the comedy industry through doing improv comedy in the groundlings in the late 80s and one of her former groundlings troop members a man named mark he had become the story editor for Ah real monsters and so when she was between jobs and hiatuses for a script she's like oh, i can take uh one Ah real monster script so that's how she it's funny she worked for the Klasky chupo show before moving on to the simpsons she's she's also from hawaii and so this is a legitimately hawaii <laughs> show and <laughs> And I also saw, like, in her, uh, the timing of her hiring is interesting, too, because we we talked before about Ian Maxstone Graham. I double-checked this, like, in 1998, he was one of co-executive producers on the show, and he gave the infamous interview, which included him saying, like, hey, you know, we got no women. This is paraphrasing. He's like, well, we got no women in the writer's (laughs) room, but it's more of a male show anyway, you know. It's it's just how the comedy works. So. Yeah. (laughs) So good on Carolyn for getting in there. I'm uh, and and she's definitely been. I've I've found multiple interviews where she's like, yeah, it's tough being the only woman. It's I'm trying to help in comedy uh, to expand this stuff. I also I also know from her Twitter that she's a big B- Bernie Sanders supporter. So That's right. Yeah, I like uh, that made me like her even more. I was like, yeah, thumbs up, Carolyn. <laughs> and uh, I like progressive. Uh, and also, I saw that uh, she. I think it's 2005. She has been the primary voice director of the cast, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Or, oh. or at least a bit of one. I found an interesting interview where Nancy Cartwright was interviewing her about it, and they, they brought up the voice director thing. And I, I wonder if she does it a little less now, because in her most recent season, she's a consulting producer. She had been an executive producer, but I think she just scaled back her time there. But like on The Simpsons Game and Simpsons Tapped Out, she's the credited voice director on that too so i I, oh interesting yeah you can really see how uh these people's careers how they're shaped really uh, or like express how hollywood changes because like everyone left for these development deals in the mid 90s there are no more of those now so like if you were hired for the simpsons in 1998 (laughs) or 99 you're still there because the getting's good uh once you're in that club who wants to leave it you know (laughs) and uh and yeah the last thing i want to say about omine is that she wrote uh she still writes for the show she wrote uh two episodes in season 31 that uh were pretty good i would say she did the one where marge works at a pot dispensary Hmm. uh and she did the season finale that just aired in may that was inexplicably a christmas episode i i don't (laughs) know why didn't they hold that one till christmas i don't know but it it was about um santa's little helper growing up and there's they try to the kate blanchett plays a dog psychologist that helps santa's little helper and 
the funniest thing is they actually show a clip from the simpsons christmas special in it mm. and <laughs> and they bring back the guy who was his trainer who said like get out of here and so he looks ridiculous drawn in the 31 style i, I think they brought him back in like season 14 too like okay. when al Jean came back so it's like i think they might have even redesigned him from there oh right right yeah. i forgot that they used that guy like twice uh, but yeah, Carolina Mina is an underrated part of The Simpsons for the last like 20 years that I, I'm getting to know more and more, especially thanks to like social media. She's one of the more active uh, Simpsons writers on Twitter, which is cool. I'm gonna have to follow her. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay, you're also I know you're a big Sanders supporter as well. Like, I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pro Sanders podcast, so that, but yeah, good <laughs> among friends. <laughs> the next time you're at a fundraiser, like, see if you can find Carolyn, and then. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yes, uh, let's, uh, this episode begins, well, first there's a couch gag about making art out of uh, dung, which I'm guessing it's a reference to, there was a controversial 1996 painting of the Virgin Mary made out of elephant dung. So I think it's a reference to that. I was searching and searching, trying to figure out what that was a reference to, because I knew it had to be a reference to something. I forgot. Otherwise, it's just a very lame joke. (laughs) Yeah, for like, uh, going into this, I thought like, oh, Bart's being a rascal. It's a <laughs> classic Bart prank, but no, it's like the the one I always think of is Piss Christ, yeah, but uh, yeah. not Mary Dung. <laughs> it was a risk I took googling art made out of poop. That was uh, I, I, and I one that saying. paid off. Yes. Do that after Fortune lunch. Favors the bold. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this episode opens with like a minute long itchy and scratchy short. This is the longest uh, itchy and scratchy we've seen in a long time. I, I think feel like they've been gone for a while. Yeah, uh, this this feels like an intense like season four throwback to have them watch a long itchy and scratchy thing there's even like little stills from past episodes in the scrapbook like you can oh, see yeah. like previous uh realistic scratchy deaths that actually happened oh yeah i have uh, i have each of those uh references in the photo album it's the one of scratchy with losing all of his guts uh that's from my dinner with itchy that was in homer defined there's the bond laser thing that is from the short spay anything that was in cape fear and the bomb eyes are from the short messenger of death which is in itchy and scratchy and marge so they like they actually cared about their history and same with poochie is there poochie is in the show which crusty promised in a legally binding sense that poochie would never be seen again <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It's funny. Well, yeah, Poochie's alive. File suit. <laughs> Poochie is alive in a scene where Scratchy is dead. Yeah. What's going on here? I know uh, it's this is this is xylophone bone logic here that I, I feel <laughs> wrong. Uh, and also, sheep cloning was very new at the time too. Like so, there's there's a lot of like ripped from the headlines things here. I I wonder if it's intentional, but in an episode that will later feature Lucille Ball, that there is like it's kind of a Lucy conveyor belt joke of of itchy cloning all the scratchies and he can't keep up with killing all of them at the same time i also really like the just the specific the comically short life of a cloned scratchy that you're like i'm alive ah i'm alive ah, like no time for the hug uh, right into the killing machine so good the, the cloning machine into a killing machine is a it's a really good gag and uh, it cuts to homer watching it with the kids homer doesn't usually watch itchy and scratchy with them so that's that's kind of cute i like that 
But uh, also, though, that Homer Homer is infantile in this episode. And also, like, I know I say Homer's too mean in a lot of these season 11 ones, but Homer's really too mean in this one. He's, he's a mean child. Yes. <laughs> but he is infantilized from the very beginning, I think, on purpose. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's immediately uh, mixed in with the kids <laughs> the whole episode. He's like on their level from the beginning. Yep. I do like uh, there's one little point after this TV scene where Marge is like spying on them. There's like a prominent hair ruffle as she's like her hair brushes past the entryway. Mm. And uh, I mean, we see those all the time, but there's like even a sound. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, the director, Mark Kirkland, uh, he loves doing that. Like always finding a way to like smash Marge's hair down in the car, have the hair like flip when she goes through a door. There's a lot of hair work in this episode. Yeah, I, I missed true. that one early. And yeah, who uh, who among us were um, pack rats as a kid who would refi- refuse to let a parent like get rid of anything? Like I, I definitely had that problem. I still hang on to too much stuff. Oh, my, yeah. my parents did not have time to get like personally involved in my things. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky, I guess. They weren't like, what's going on in your closet? Just like they, they were busy working and stuff and drinking. Hmm. Important work. (laughs) You know, my mom also, though, she held on to things for too long, too. So it's more like we kind of supported each other in keeping things. Uh, She she wouldn't so much do the Marge throwing out thing. I I had to do this when Mm. I last moved apartments like three years ago that's when i finally had to go like i really can't i can't move this entire full closet of garbage to my new place like i just had to throw it out and not think about what i was throwing out i mean there was talk in our house for about a decade of a fabled yard sale that would you know get rid of all these <laughs> things but it never happened i really felt for marge when they do get the stuff back from the goodwill truck because mm. The adult part of my brain now is like, no, it was gone. You were never going to think about it again. Oh, God, now it's now it's still here. You were finally <laughs> like free. really identified with that. I was like instilled with this idea that you have to keep the box for something. And it's something that I still have to fight. It was like something my grandma and my mom uh, like instilled in me. But I don't know why, because the things never go back in the box. The way they're packed, <laughs> it's like impossible to get them back. And if you move, you just wrap them in like a blanket or bubble wrap or whatever. It's just, uh, I don't know why. I hope like future parents aren't telling their kids, I saved the box. (laughs) (laughs) I have that biggest, I have that biggest problem still with video game consoles. Like that's the one, if whenever I get a new video game console up to the switch a few years ago, I was like, Ah oh, man, this box technically is like a three hundred dollar box. What if I do need it for something? And then I, I eventually, of course, just throw away that box when I get the new system. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I didn't need this. I actually do tend to keep my boxes, and I use them. Ooh, to to keep yeah. the things in. Sorry or? to brag, a but box I reuser. do put things back in the box to uh, store them and move. I think uh, me keeping that switch box though is even sillier because I keep. I, I already spent the money on a, you know, zipper pouch that keeps my Switch safe <laughs> in, in it. So why why do I need my box and that zipper pouch? Safer than any box. <laughs> the Simpsons will be right back. Welcome to the break, everybody, and we hope you're enjoying this on your candy phones. And a big thank you to our guest, Lindsay K. Ty. You should definitely be checking out all the cool stuff she does. Follow her on Twitter. Watch Infinity Train on HBO Max. And check out her very fun podcast, Teen Creeps. We're big fans of Lindsay here, and we thank her for her time. 
Now, if you enjoy this podcast but wish you could hear not this ad but also more podcasts, have I got the recipe for you. Head over to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. This podcast is supported by subscribers just like you who, if they signed up at five bucks a month, they not only get to know that me and Bob do this full time as our real ass jobs, but also they get dozens and dozens of exclusive podcasts only for them. If you're a $5 subscriber, you can hear our many, many series of podcasts covering shows like The Critic, Futurama, King of the Hill, and most recently we went through every episode of Mission Hill in the same Simpsons style, along with a brand new interview with the creators of the show, Simpsons legends Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. Check out all of that right now at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And you want something even fancier than the electric needle room? Then you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. That premium level gets you all that $5 stuff plus dozens and dozens more hours of podcasts. Me and Bob each month do a premium podcast. What a cartoon movie. That's where we cover different animated features once a month, often for over four hours. Films like Ghost in the Shell, Space Jam, Iron Giant, Aladdin, a goofy movie, Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, and many, many more. You can learn all about those in depth if you upgrade your $5 subscription or just start at 10 bucks a month at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And, uh, but yes, in our first clip here, Marge, Marge tries her best to get rid of some junk. What's in the box, Mom? This box? Oh, nothing. Are you sure? You sound nervous. Well, anyone would be nervous with all the economic turmoil you read about in the... Get her! She's doing something! It's a Goodwill truck! She cleaned up the attic! Her junk! And the exits are sealed. Got a plan B. Come on! <gasps> go! Go! I'm trying! Stop yelling at me! <laughs> I want to know more about that guy. Yeah, he's he's having a hard day, that guy. <laughs> uh, but I, I also like that they won't let Marge do anything. They're just like, she's doing stuff. Like, even Lisa's yeah. against her here. I was going to say, I really love an episode where Lisa sucks, too. <laughs> You, Where you, she's being like childish and shitty, even though like later in the episode that obviously turns around quite a bit. But it's always fun when Lisa isn't, you know, the picture of human development. Yeah, do you think you think sometimes they write Lisa a little too uh, perfect or too too grown up? Um, no, because that is her character. But for that reason, it's just fun when that breaks a bit, like when she gets to be more of a kid. To me, it even feels more like a horror movie because how Lisa, Lisa's looking at the TV. She doesn't even turn to Marge and she's just like, what are you doing, mom? <laughs> uh, Maybe that's why that hair noise was put in because it's like a tell, you know, oh, for the family. I was say, yeah. yeah, they want to draw attention to the fact that Marge is doing stuff before, and, before and, they even notice. 
And there's some great squash and stretch of March rushing out the door too. I got a good like a weird pause on her like uh, stretched out body as she's zipping out the door there. On the commentary, they said they had to cheat to like you cannot see the TV room from the front door. It's like impossible because there's like the living room and then the TV room oh, yeah. past that. So they had to like kind of cheat the layout of the house to get that scene to work. But I didn't notice until they Actually, pointed it out. I noticed that it was an angle I wasn't used to, and then they use it again in the part of the episode where Bart and and Homer are watching supposedly I Love Lucy. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You you didn't even strike me until I heard the commentary that was wrong and I'm I'm one of the most pedantic people about this show there is, but <laughs> I never really think about the layout of the house though. But yeah, it should it should be stairs into the stairs go to the front door and then it's yeah, the side room not the uh TV room. I oh, I like the Kirkland Kirkland is already by season 11 has been doing the Simpsons for so long that he he knows what's wrong about it there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they chase out the door. There's a good, good gag of Homer getting stuck in the dog door and ripping it out through the door. <laughs> I wonder if it was a late addition that there's one shot where Homer is running and the door falls off him. Do you do you think like that was a retake because they realized like, oh, Homer is not wearing the door in the next shot. We need to have the door falling off of him as he runs or hmm. it's uh, it, it feels like a, a unneeded. If, if he showed up without the dog door on him in the next shot, I wouldn't have really questioned what happened That's to it. Kind of like the watch that will just appear when someone needs to tell the time. Yeah. The, the magic cartoon watch. I can also see them thinking that that would be fun to show the door falling off. I like the the physics of it. It's very realistic how it just flops off there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Homer not only runs onto the back of it, but jumps off of it after grabbing the, the aqua box and stuff. That's such a funny series yeah. of drawings yeah. there. That's great how he just tumbles while keeping the box level, just yeah. rolling backwards. <laughs> That's yeah, very good. And uh, and yes, as they get the box back, they're reminiscing about their stuff here in this next clip, and I really love all the specifics of it here. That was scary. We came this close to losing our spare Christmas tree stand. You monster. Look, here's the box for my pitch back. If I still had it, I could put it in here. <laughs> mm, I'll never get rid of this useless junk. Useless? This flash cube has two flashes left. You guys never use any of this stuff. Look at these. You bought them after the Nagano Olympics and never skied once. If you would just stop being so impulsive, maybe... Hey, let's go skiing right now. Yeah, yeah let's go, go skiing. Now, now, Gotta say, this uh, upper, lower, middle class family has ski equipment for five people. What's right. going on here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is funny that's to the true lack of reality to this cartoon i can't stand it i i think like a lot of the la writer lifestyle does in fact uh, the show about the regular family because it's like I, skiing was never on the table for my family i i have never been skiing in my life Lindsay, have you been skiing ever no i haven't but my i was born in reno and my mom skied quite a bit when she lived uh, in tahoe mm. oh nice i honestly think uh, there's a lot of uh, you know skiing jokes and of course the winter olympics were in 98 and there's a lot of the jokes about skiing accidents and i think it was because sonny bono died 
in January oh. of 98. Oh. When, oh, around wow. the time this episode would have been written. So I think that was just like having skiing, you know, antics on the brain. Wow. I yeah. hadn't even thought of that. Man. The, yeah, I thought the the reference to the, the that Winter Olympics in Japan, like that, it was a, a basically two years before this aired. So that was the most recent Winter Olympics. But yeah, I didn't even think of the Sonny Bono tragedy that, that definitely affected, like if you were a Gen X kid, you grew up on the Sonny and Cher shows. So his his death was probably pretty memorable to you. Uh, Cher still with us, uh, knocking on wood there. I anytime. <laughs> well, oh, we by the great. time this episode comes out, <laughs> she's great on Twitter. Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> no, we're well. Yes, that's a danger of recording eight. Uh, I'd say eight weeks ahead of time right now. <laughs> that uh, I again, I'm knocking on wood, but we. We seem to have gotten out of the woods with Ed Asner, and I'm just saying, and this is easily editable if so. Yeah, if I'm I mean, wrong. reality <laughs> changes every month, I would mm. say, drastically. So by August, like Alf will have been declared an enemy of the state by the president. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen next. Infinity Train was uh, nominated for an Annie Award, and uh, Ed Asner was the um, presenter of the award at the ceremony oh that's we didn't awesome. win but that would have um, been very exciting <laughs> i mean just to <laughs> breathe the same air as him is pretty great yeah he was great man that's awesome like he's got well he's like 94 or something right yeah that's... and he was he was killing his comedy bits in the oh that's great man. in the presenting that's why again we said it a million times but they got to bring back gargoyles fast just yeah. to get just to get him in the, the one more job in there but I, I also like that they've done this a few times in the Scully years, but I like that Marge often represents the the audience who's just like, you're so impulsive and you just decide on the <laughs> drop of a hat to change where you are. And it's really stressful for Marge. She's like, oh, and that explains why they just decide, oh, the Simpsons go skiing like this. This episode is kind of all over the place in where it goes. And what yeah, happens. it's like, yeah, it's like a rare two cold open episode where the thing they start out with leads to the main plot in this there's like the thing they start out with leads to another thing and then it leads to the main plot yeah you'll never guess the skiing trip leads to hawaii yeah later yeah. Yeah. and a visit yeah. from lucille ball the uh one and you know in the past like it, it was a very season three and four way of thinking of oh this sh uh, script is a little short a minute of itchy and scratchy that'll fill it up like so i i think that might be a, a why itchy and scratchy is in here too they just ended up with a shorter script and they realized too late uh that's how you end up with a double opening also we've we've talked about how some recent ones have felt like it was a too short first act this first act is like eight minutes like it is a, a lengthy first act for for the series yeah the story with lisa being marge's replacement is actually pretty short <laughs> it uh, feels like a, a minor part of the episode almost i i think if it if it went more than four minutes you'd feel even worse because lisa goes <laughs> Maybe. so much <laughs> And also, too, uh, uh, they, they head up to the, the snowy mountain, and the ski lift operator really looks like he's supposed to look like Mike Scully. On the commentary, Scully's like, is that me? What's or an animator's friend. Mm, yeah, it's it's usually... Uh, Lindsay, have you been drawn into Infinity Train yet? No. Aww. Hopefully. If we keep getting to make more, maybe. 
Well, then, I have done a couple of voices though, so that was fun. Oh, that's good. Okay, I well, people then uh, everybody who has HBO Max listening to this needs to start streaming it right now, just so you can yes, be drawn into the show. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and uh, there's a joke about the drummer for Bread, which definitely feels like a Mike Scully kind of joke. It does feel like the kind of uh, music that Homer would be into, you know, yeah, based yeah. on uh, Homer Palooza. And uh, I have to assume that uh, drummer for Bread they're referring to is Mike Botts, who was <laughs> a, a member of the brand band until Bread broke up in 1997. Uh, and Mike Botts would pass away from cancer in 2005. Mm, so. Related to the Babysitter Bandit, I, I hope, right? <laughs> That's... A great band. I love Bread. <laughs> I what's I don't know a song from them. I I'm, I bet I bet if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, that's Brad. Okay. When they broke up, did someone say, guys, we're toast? <laughs> I'm out of God, here. God, I hope. I... <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of toast, Homer is horribly burned in the next because of that. But he's. It's funny they start with the itchy and scratchy like cartoonish violence, and then Homer goes through basically the same thing of being frozen solid and then melted with uh, hot flames. I don't know if the, the flamethrower is a regular feature on the ski uh, the ski slopes. Uh, another thing, like this, always happens when I'm watching the episodes on the DVD, where I'll, like I'll pause and then I'll activate a deleted scene on accident, mm. and there's like if you're wondering where Maggie is, she's like on this baby luge. Oh, okay. There's like I... a luge full of babies. Oh, yeah, Maggie. <laughs> It didn't even or, hit me that Maggie was missing. Actually, I think it's a bobsled because a luge you go down alone. Oh, uh, okay. And a bobsled you're with uh, a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, mostly Jamaican. I should have checked out that baby bobsled mm-hmm. cut. <laughs> well, also, another bit that reminded me of my childhood was remembering when me and my brother were kind of uh, like Bart and Lisa, when we'd realize like our mom was afraid of heights or if we were in like, say, the teacup rides and we knew that she was getting more scared of it than we were we'd be like oh let's make it go faster and scare mom finally we have the power (laughs) yeah yeah i i feel bad about that now (laughs) uh but but bart and lisa again this is more bart and lisa acting like uh acting like real kids i like that Mm -hmm. and also how marge then i definitely feel like marge when you would get to the top of those ski lifts i'd be like and back down again i'm just gonna not get out of this seat (laughs) Uh, that's I mean that's what's always scared me from skiing anyway just the not even the actual like physical activity of skiing but just the hopping off one of those ski lifts like it just feels so precarious like yeah and uh yes it's all can't relate sorry <laughs> uh, not, my lower not... middle class family as we talked about couldn't really <laughs> afford to keep skiing so <laughs> On, uh, on on rides like that do you get scared or you uh you deal okay with like heights Actually, I am fine with rides, but heights, I, so recently my boyfriend, Mike, was having me try to play uh, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild Mm. on the Switch because I started playing Animal Crossing a lot. And he was like, well, if you like running around a pretty area now that we're stuck in quarantine, you should try this. And hopping up the tower, my body was having a physical reaction as though I was actually in danger. Oh wow! I just my palms were sweating. I was scared. I like pushed it onto him, and then I tried the VR that Mike bought, and that was just terrifying. Yeah. So uh, while I can handle rides, I can't handle heights, like, yeah. even in, in theory. It's funny when you were th- bringing up Breath of the Wild. I was just thinking, like, I just got a VR set, and I was thinking, I hate real roller coasters. I don't like baby ones, so I'm gonna try to do one of like the roller coaster Sims on there and see what it's like. <laughs> I, I bet I will just throw it off my head immediately, <laughs> like I do with horror games. Like, no, well, also, no. 
and I don't know if this is just because I wear glasses or if this would have happened regardless, but I just so dizzy. I was so dizzy. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a glasses wearer. The only VR I've used for a big length of time is the PlayStation VR, which that headset is big enough for my glasses uh, to fit in it, but I can only do it for about uh, 10 minutes until I, I start to feel too queasy. And the height thing hit me in that when I played, uh, I think it's just on PlayStation, but it's not a game per se, but it is a Spider-Man experience uh. <laughs> where you're basically like, I'm Spider-Man in the world of Spider-Man Homecoming. And like, it starts with like, here you are, Spider-Man standing on the edge of a building, shoot your web. I'm like, ah! <laughs> uh, that, uh, how many hours have you put in Animal Crossing? I'm, I'm, I got to be at least at 80 myself. At 80? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, I, I think I'm probably at 140. Wow. Man. We're in late June yeah. and I'm still waiting for KK Slider, but I think I'm around 70 to 80. Oh, and soon. Yeah, I, I've gotten really into it in quarantine and I don't play video games. This uh. is This is the one. I played a ton of all the previous Animal Crossings, and then this one was just a wonderful warm blanket in, uh, <laughs> yes. in, a, in a time of trouble. Perfect release date, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. They, I got to think, uh, I'm starting to <laughs> think this was intentional by Nintendo. That's, Q, uh, uh, Q told me a few what, things. <laughs> what did they know, and how long did they know it? Uh, We're well, delaying this game, uh, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in, uh, in about a week from now, too, you're going to finally be able to swim and dive in that game. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You hadn't seen the an update coming. I don't coming. keep up on news. I'm not very good about that. Keep an eye out. I believe it's July 3rd. They're going <gasps> to update it that you can swim. You'll be able oh to swim. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, but yes, well, uh, this episode, though, we now are coming to the part that is easily the most remembered part of this episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which uh, Homer's off by himself. He is uh, in this clip. He's looking at a bunch of signs that describe parts of the mountain. The one Homer doesn't say out loud is at the bottom. It's the decapitator. This leads to a uh, one of the sexiest of moments in the show's history in this clip. <laughs> Widowmaker. Oh, that one's for the ladies. Spinebuster. Boring. Ooh, colostomizer. <laughs> Don't hurt me. Here's my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I diddly ho. Shooks in boots. <gasps> Flanders? That suit's a little revealing, isn't it? Well, it allows for maximum mobility. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> Quit it. Must wash eyes. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, don't panic. Remember what the instructor said. If you ever get into trouble, all you need to do is... Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders. Ow, oh, my leg. This is the worst pain ever. So yeah, the director calls out his assistant director, uh, Josh Tabak, for a lot of this stuff, like all mm. the Homer skiing antics, the very funny, uh, like disgusted Homer face <laughs> yes. when he's trying to push the image of Ned's <laughs> butt out of his eye, out of his head. Just like a very unique kind of off-model face that makes it a lot funnier. Oh yeah, I love that face of Homer's. I can think about it right now. I can just <laughs> picture it. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, Flanders before had already been drawn as 
uh, surprisingly fit even under his sweater, which in his normal character design, he has a slight paunch like most uh, Simpsons males do. So when he takes his shirt off in, you know, season three, well, it's really season four, but it's season three production episode, Streetcar Named Marge. He takes his shirt off and he has an amazing body. So they've, they've stuck with that since. But this one of the reveal of like his perfect body with painted on clothes, we've never seen his butt to this level of detail before. <laughs> yeah. His butt is dancing. It's it's an amazing butt for the show. And I I well in like three episodes we'll we'll learn even more about Flanders' anatomy. Uh but Oh god, yeah. But uh, but this became a meme, I think, because it's just such a, a memorable joke, like not just the funny drawing of Ned's butt, but also this it's about being distracted by something that you don't want to be sexy. I think it works. <laughs> it works in that uh, meme fashion as well. Yeah. Ned's in this episode a lot. I forgot how much he's in this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just the shot of Homer's crazy, disgusted face with his thought balloon having a zoom in on Ned's butt is just a very funny trying. And uh, I also didn't realize shush, shus means going downward on skis. So that's what shus in boots is, uh, is a, is the cute yeah, name. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. I, yeah, I never, never been skiing. Didn't, uh, did not know skiing terminology. Frankly, there's too much skiing terminology. <laughs> and, uh, the pain in Homer's legs, like his legs break, <laughs> like he breaks his legs before Marge does in this episode. But the, he's immediately ready to go back for more. Yes. Yeah. It's see, based on that joke and the end of this episode, Homer seems to have no memory of pain. Like pain <laughs> leaves his mind instantly. Uh, then we have a bit of a joke of Lisa being a, uh, somebody who insists on doing old school cross country skiing of just this whole what? bit is so odd. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lisa. I really enjoy it, but it's just like, where does this come from? It is a joke at Lisa's expense, which happens a lot around this time in the show. But uh, I do like her goody goody. Like I'm gonna do like the cardio, fun, uh, not fun skiing activity, mm. which is cross country skiing. So <laughs> no, no slopes, no thrills, just like a flat uh, landscape and. Lots of work. And these bloodthirsty deer definitely fit with the many times they do a joke of like Lisa trying to do the right like environmentalist thing and being punished by like unbelievable <laughs> happenstance uh like uh like when she saves a fish and just throws it in the ocean and a shark eats it or she's like oh these uh dolphins are nice and then dolphins take over the world <laughs> in a in a, a treehouse of horror episode the ranger that saves her is from uh, mountain of madness yeah. uh, but it's hank azaria doing a different voice yeah it seems like he forgot what that voice was or he just but... didn't know what drawing they would they would make him <laughs> i think it was smart of them to be like why are yeah, we maybe a... <laughs> that was a callback they hadn't decided on yet yeah I, we've been noticing a lot this season the animators i think are doing callbacks that the writers aren't considering like the the mary worth phone drawn in the mary worth guy's office like i i would doubt that the script said mary worth phone is here but the the artist kind of draw it and plus i mean why fully design a new park ranger when you already had a, a perfectly good park ranger you've used before that was their uh, yeah. other chairlift joke which i appreciate oh, yeah. it'll show you everything directly under the chairlift <laughs> 
a good that's, view of that's that. That's a great joke. Uh, also, Lisa gets in a good little eep there. I think, too, the <laughs> the the deer's turning bloodthirsty. I saw Omine in one of her interviews. She talked about uh, an inspiration for her when she joined The Simpsons was John Swartzwelder. Like, that was one of her, or maybe her favorite writer before she joined The Simpsons. And this is a very kind of Swartzweldery turn here, too. If you're slaving away at a full house, uh, trying to think of things for the new babies to say, the new cute babies, I'm sure you're like, God, I, if only I was writing jokes about angry deer that were going to kill a little girl. Okay, then we have a quick joke about boarding and all of the catchphrases you say, which they just remind me of the late 90s snowboarding video games and all the commercials for and, it. Um, blasting a dookie is what Bart refers yes. to as going number two. You know, I, I don't think I was a sheltered child, but when I bought the Green Day album Dookie, I didn't know for like a year Dookie meant poop. Oh, like really? no one ever I... called uh, poop Dookie in my neck of the woods. I didn't know for a long time either. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't alone then. I think somebody had to tell me when it was new. That it was hey, you know it. what Green Day actually means? <laughs> that means you smoke a lot of weed oh, I in a day. Wow, I'm learning right yeah. now that that's what Green Day means. <laughs> and I was allowed to what buy a that. What band. Yeah. Uh, they so should. Crass. They should not have been selling those records. You can find out what Longview is about on our Patreon. <laughs> See, that one I did know. I, I'm very, uh, I, I can't believe I didn't know the other uh, that Green Day meant that. Also, with all these snowboarding, the, the snowboarding instructor jokes, uh, they reminded me of the South Park Aspen episode. Oh, but yeah. The, and I checked, like, that episode's two years after this. So it's, uh, if anyone was ripping people off, it was South Park. But, they were more going for the uh, the boob comedy, uh, ski school, Aspen yes, Extreme kind yeah. of thing. The, uh, the Savage Steve Holland classic, Better Off Dead. Mm. Uh, but uh, yes, then we go into uh, the lodge, and Marge is getting hit on by Disco Stew. Honestly, his his aggressiveness. I love to see Disco Stew. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> I I like that he has a different outfit for the ski lodge too. That... And he was uh, previously talking to Edna, probably striking out. Oh yeah, but you're right. It is very cute that Marge uh, doesn't understand she's being hit on and just con- is confused. Yeah, and she's like, "That's you're sitting on the armrest. What? I, why are you sitting so?" Close? close to me this is this is weird and also she is unaware of what asking to party means as well which is sweet. like with hats <laughs> uh, whatever you need for Stu to get his thing on uh he's he's super creepy here and also he's singing a song that is a reference to a real song mm. the uh, the 1976 johnny taylor song disco lady here's mm-hmm. uh here's the real thing as it was performed on soul train Yeah, there we go. Move it in, move it out, disco lady. Around the time I was watching The Simpsons, I got very into disco. Oh, really? Yeah, um, because of the disco compilation CDs that were being sold on TV. Oh, cool. The ones that are disco. The ones that are just a list of songs and then like every fifth song they name. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, in recent times, I think. Yeah, I know what you mean now. In recent times, I think we've all come around to thinking of like, oh, no, disco is fun and cool. And mm. it's like, I think back then it was like, you know what's better? Uh, every ACDC song that sounds exactly the same. That's music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, d- disco music. I, I'm upset about how long jokes about it lasted because it's just dance. It's pop. It's dance mm-hmm. pop music that we listen to now. Yeah. But the the joke about like, oh, disco is terrible lasted for so long. I think it is because the anti-disco teens of the 70s, they're the ones who took over much of yes. American pop culture. Yeah. 
Yep, but they're wrong. Disco's great. <laughs> Did Disco Stew make you more or less into disco? Um, I think I just felt like that was like a for me, like mm. talking about Disco Stew, I was like, that joke's for me. I love disco. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then then uh, the kids interrupt his uh, flirting with Marge and he realizes he dodged a bullet by uh, going after a woman with kids, which... I love the back away, not today, <laughs> disco lady. <laughs> and Marge then talks about why she doesn't want to be skiing, including the term fanny first, which uh, UK listeners, let us know if that was cut from your airing of it i wonder yeah <laughs> I, I was thinking about that i was like which did they mean though <laughs> uh i'm sure marge whenever marge says it she means it in the, like the 60s mom way of the nicest way of saying but mm-hmm. uh but uh, yes then marge gets uh honestly very painfully injured in this uh in this next clip move it in shove it out disco lady is this seat taken uh, i think that's an armrest so, do you party? You mean like uh, hats and noisemakers kind of party? Sure, baby, whatever your trip is. Disco Stu wants you to be comfortable while he does his thing. Who's Disco Stu? <laughs> Hi, pumpkins. Kids, back away, not today. Disco lay there. Have you been in here all day? You missed all the fun. Skiing Fanny first into a crevasse isn't my idea of fun. <laughs> The only risk I'm taking is running out of marshmallows. <laughs> Ow! Somebody get a doctor! Oh, man, another clock accident. No wonder. Look at this. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, crevasse is a funny thing to make Marge say. Yeah. Uh, but I was laughing very loudly in my apartment. The, the turning of the nail yeah. and just how heavy the thing is and how they put it on the nail and it starts to like shift a little and they back away from it. <laughs> Immediately it shifted. Yeah, and it takes two giant men to pick it up. Uh, also, yeah, I, I forgot the gag of Marge saying, like, who's Disco Stew? Like, for us as Simpsons viewers, we all know who Disco Stew is. But Marge is incredibly ignorant of his, like, she doesn't know Disco Stew exists. Uh, but, the yeah. Also, How I, dare she? He he bought a jacket from them. <laughs> yeah. She bought that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember any other. Or wait, I'm sorry. He didn't buy no, the jacket from he them. Almost he almost doesn't did. advertise. His, oh, his friend God, didn't know Lindsay. him. His friend Lindsay. was the one. <laughs> they definitely they've had an interaction before, but who's who's gonna remember every disco man you meet in your life, <laughs> especially in Springfield? Uh, yeah, I mean, Mr. Burns never remembers who the Simpsons are. So yeah, uh, and and Disco Stew has had uh, he's he's done a lot of the powder in his time, and I don't mean skiing. <laughs> so yeah, also it just feels like a typical joke of this time where Marge is doing the safest thing possible and is punished by fate with horrible accident because just because the world is mean to Marge. And uh, then I, I, for the first time, got the joke about the hospitals that the the Jewish hospital is too nice and expensive <laughs> for Homer, Catholic too cheap, Presbyterian right in the middle. That's uh, a good a good little religion joke there. And because of that, the hospital is temporarily renamed for this episode. <laughs> I couldn't believe they gave a shit. I that loved much. this yeah. joke. <laughs> Uh, and also Disco Stew's like outro gag and the, and the act of just, she can't believe she went home with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this, this next act here, it reminds me both of Trash of the Titans and because I watched the 
pilot for the Mike Scully, uh, Mel Gibson Savages. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Both have the plot of without a woman to clean up after a man, men are <laughs> disgusting pigs and will just live in their own slop. Like, I, yeah, actually, this uh, this episode idea was assigned to Carolyn. It was Mike Scully's idea, and mm. she brought the Hawaii stuff into it but she, uh, because this happened to him when he was a kid. Like, their mom went to the hospital for like a week. And uh, uh, the house became an absolute mess. Like yes. nobody did anything, and she know. came home to a horrible mess. So that horrible <laughs> tale of uh, a mom in danger became uh, sitcom gold, I guess. That's what you have to do. You draw from your life. Yeah, that uh, them being surrounded by all their trash. Like the Bart and Homer just amass trash uh, if they are not cleaned up every second by Marge, or like, and or dressed. Yes, even dressed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Marge, well, also the length of time in this episode, Marge is in the hospital is kind of random as well here too. the, let's yeah, say it seems unclear. Uh, there's a bit where Marge does say amount of time later. Yeah. That, uh, a week, a week, right? Yeah, it's a week. Yeah. Which that, but it would have to be like six weeks. Yeah. For I'm, compound for a fracture. Yeah. 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 I had a clean uh, listeners know I broke my arm once, but I did not have a cast. But that was not a compound fracture. It was just a a single break, and it mended over time. But that took it took uh, four months before I could even just move my arm again. <laughs> like they, yeah. they do give Marge a cane in like one scene later. Yeah. Like oh, she's yeah. okay, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that at least. You know, Lisa gets it pretty rough in this episode as like almost punishment for daring to try to help her father and brother. But I like they at least give her kind of a moment of challenging fate of saying like, I bet I could be even more efficient than you, mom. Like the, that makes it clear that she almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's She's like hoisted by her own petard. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I didn't want to say like she earned it by thinking <laughs> that, but the hubris alone. She's like, yeah. I I could probably yes. improve on the mom stuff as a, <laughs> as a little girl. Yeah. Like she thinks that Marge is uh, not doing it well. Though Lisa, by this point, should know, like, Bart and Homer will never, ever help her with anything ever. But, oh, well. Uh, and... <laughs> And then there's a, a joke about interferons, which I believe on the commentary, Meyer is even like a little embarrassed at how sweaty that is. The <laughs> they made the one interferon pun you can make. Uh, <laughs> and the perfect place for it is a hospital. Which apparently interferons are used to uh, treat cancer mm -hmm. or some cancers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We passed over and it. And canker sores. <laughs> yeah, that, it'll clear them up real fast. Unfortunately, it costs thousands of dollars for that IV bag. <laughs> But uh, like the title of this episode is reference to the Dustin Hoffman movie uh, Little Big Man. Oh right! It has nothing to do with this episode at all. But I think it's a movie that no one really talks or thinks about. So you might that might be lost in some people. It's it's about Native Americans, right? Is I think so. Of? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah okay yeah yeah i mean let's uh i i'm probably better off not knowing what that is about i i but i remember stocking it on vi video shelves when i worked at a video store and thinking like i've never heard of this dustin hoffman film uh but yes the the next day lisa is learning how hard things are going to be including uh as homer arrives at the breakfast table in his underpants morning dad where are your clothes I don't know. Don't tell me mom dresses you. I guess, or one of her friends. <laughs> oh. Okay, now we're going to draw jobs from the chore hat. 
Come on, bikini inspector. Scrub <laughs> toilet. Okay, that was the practice. 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 Okay, here we go. Feed fish. I'll supervise. You know, the reason for the hat... Oh, it's a great hat. No one's questioning the hat. Will you at least do the dishes? Lisa, I'll do the dishes when I pick it out of the chore hat, and it's not a practice. See? There it is. But that was a practice. <laughs> the system works. <laughs> uh, I, I love all the kid logic he uses. Yeah, it's... Uh, but when... Okay, they have to make Homer so childish in this because... Otherwise, he is too. It's it get he's an uh, mean to Lisa in an adult way, and it feels way worse. Yeah, I, I think like Homer forgets he's an adult when Marge is not around. <laughs> it works. I like too that they their way of feeding the fish is to put dirty dishes in there and hope they just eat the food off of it. Which I gotta think that kills the fish. Like those fish are are dead. <laughs> but also that Homer thinks one of Marge's friends must dress him every morning, if not her. <laughs> That's that's pretty great. But yes, I I mean, uh, this also feels like it calls to mind being in a roommate scenario and trying to uh, find a way to share their chores responsibly and uh, it not happening. I've uh, I've been in that with uh, with roommates. Yeah, it's just like, uh, hey, take out the garbage. Some of that garbage in there is yours, you know, (laughs) just like, okay, do you want to break it all down? For me, it was usually a uh, standoff about who was going to empty the dishwasher. Mm, well, man, well, I, I dishwasher probably would have helped in my roommate scenario when I now now I live with my husband. But, uh, you know, in my roommate days, I usually did the majority of the dishes with the understanding that the the other person that she would take out the trash more often. But I think that ended up being like a double passive aggressive thing where each of us thought the other <laughs> did more than the other. Like I would think to myself, I wash the dishes way more than you take out the trash. And then, uh, you know, classic it's, uh, this is the, tw- your twenties is being in a bad roommate scenario as you both learn to not be children anymore. That's, that's what I think. But poor Lisa, she's trying to be as fair as possible with this chore hat. And, it feels like both Homer and Bart are just counting on the relaxed sexism of society <laughs> just to be like, well, you'll just do it because you're the girl. Like, we'll just let that happen. It's kind Again, of... Again, <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah, I guess by trying to be fair, they are finding outs in this. Yes, yeah. Instead of her just assigning them stuff, she's giving them a chance and they're just taking advantage of it. Oh, I mean, also that like else Al... Al- Bart saying he'll supervise like that too is such an easy job, especially for like, I mean, I've had that in, in, uh, at jobs I worked at where a person could take a different job, but they're like, you know, I'll supervise (laughs) on that thing. I'm a supervisor now. And so in a way I'm actually your boss instead of doing something. (laughs) Uh, that uh, that was Great like in the project. video store. Yeah. <laughs> in this next scene, uh, Lisa becomes her most like motherly in the whole episode too, which uh, I love this scene, especially because I leave it asking myself like, so did Lisa not go to school today? What happened? Here are your lunches. Uh, and no <laughs> trading your fruit for firecrackers. Oh, but Lenny just got some bottle rockets. You stay away from Lenny. Huh. And where's your sweater, Bart? It unraveled on a nail. That's not true. He left it on the bus. You're dead, Squealer. Ah, Lisa, help! <laughs> Those boys of mine. 
I love that joke so yeah. much. I love any kind of like Totino's pizza roll. Yes. Like my hungry guys. <laughs> uh, and then also uh, Homer not only becomes a kid for this scene, but the younger brother. Like yeah. he's, he, <laughs> he forgets that he regularly yeah, strangles Bart in this scene. Uh, and then also he has to be like warned to stay away from Lenny. I just, Lenny is a, as a name <laughs> to say is a good li- line. Yeah. Just include him. I love her tone there. I thought that um, Yardley Smith's delivery of each one of these lines is perfect because the tone is just dead on like you stay away from Lenny (laughs) those boys of mine I just really liked the delivery of all of them it lets Yardley play Lisa in a very different way than she she normally gets to I I would hope she had a lot of fun with that too You, you know we'd said earlier in this season that season 11 doesn't have a Lisa episode. Uh, yeah, I realized that while I was watching. I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. But, I mean, <laughs> you're forgiven for, we're both forgiven for yeah. thinking this wasn't a Lisa one because you either remember Stupid Sexy Flanders or Leprosy. You don't remember this middle bit. I think, yeah, one act of it is hers, right? Yeah, if that. Basically. <laughs> And even Marge kind of takes it over with her like relaxation stuff, which yeah, cuts back to Marge. Not only I, I've definitely been in Marge's situation when sick, not with a broken arm, but of just like, oh, I don't want to be a bother. I'll, I'll just clean this thing. I'll just do that. <laughs> I love that. Doesn't bother us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, uh, it's just about getting more morphine. That's uh, Marge. I think gets addicted to morphine for for Marge to work at all in this middle section. She has to be doped up the entire <laughs> time when she should be worrying about uh, Lisa. Yeah, the B star should be her morphine addiction. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, we get uh, Mr. Sakamoto. Very. Uh, uh, I mean, we just had the news that. Uh, oh, well, we're I guess, recording this. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess the black characters will no longer be voiced by white people. But I, I don't know if they're extending that to Asian characters yet. I have a feeling. I think- every i think they were saying every okay ethnicity. yeah i think white actors won't that'd be, be kind of weird yeah. that'd be pretty weird if they're like okay well i guess with the black characters just because there's a lot of black stuff in the news <laughs> but everybody else is still white like, I, I, that'd be I, I assume <laughs> i assume yeah. that was the move uh, for whatever reason but i guess it is every every race is going to be played I'm by sure that's why yeah. it's happening but it would be weird if you didn't just go like okay maybe let's not keep having uh this controversy and just make it all of them i i can't imagine today in the writer's room they say all right and mr sakamoto uh who should be that be like hank. well hank is area of course it should yeah. be yeah and i'm not gonna play any of him in this but i i do like that uh, the character says the exact thing disco stew says too like he says while i do my thing okay yeah. he didn't really I, like i was wondering what his joke was uh, <laughs> outside of like dispensing pleasure foot uh, pleasure I, yeah i mean i it seems to imply that march has never had a foot massage in her life before either like uh or a hair massage as we we see that after. is so funny <laughs> <laughs> i love that guy they're working the hair a lot in this yeah. episode one of the hidden deleted scenes that you have to like access through the menu marge is getting her hair massage and the doctor finds a pacifier in there but it's bart's pacifier so implying that for 10 years a pacifier has been stuck inside of her hair <laughs> i believe it 
that would have been a good i i would have liked that joke. it's one of those ones you're like oh that would have been a funny joke in there <laughs> but yes uh then we cut back to lisa failing or uh, more of her frustrations and this taught me a bad lesson about uh washing dishes <laughs> You were supposed to scour the pans. They need to soak. You said that four days ago. Look, they're rusted through. It's an illusion. No, it's not. I got the groceries. Good. Maple soda? <laughs> A cell phone full of candy? Astronaut bread? It's the bread of astronauts. I didn't know Aerosmith made a cereal. Dad, I gave you a list. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you were way up. <laughs> Hello, Lollipop Island. There's a little girl here who had too many sour balls. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Hello? Hello? They hung up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I love I, it. Uh, well, there's lots of callbacks in this episode. We see the grotesque Steven Tyler caricature that I love yeah, on that uh, <laughs> box of sweet emotions. It's it's straight out of how he was drawn in Flaming Moe's when he's like singing uh, Good Love, I think. is it? Nah, whatever the song was. Like, I don't know. Walk This Way? If it's not Pink, I don't know. Oh, pink is the song you know? No, no. Uh, <laughs> or Love in the Elevator. I actually know lots of songs, but I can't remember remember which one it was you remember mo singing walk this way don't you yes okay yeah, yeah. uh well apparently there is maple soda now it was a oh. uh, a shark tank uh produced product so okay. i don't know if it's in like larger markets but uh sap seltzer is out there well, I feel like 15 years ago, me and my friends, we'd see at, at all the hipster places, the funny sodas. Oh, the like Jones the, sodas? Like yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving dinner soda and all that <laughs> stuff. Right. I think those those sodas were very popular. I don't remember a specific maple soda, but I think I'd rather drink a maple soda than a cream soda, but I'm definitely not a Hanson's cream soda, but... Oh, man. <laughs> two, two soda jokes, one episode. <laughs> so, again, this seems to show that Homer can't be trusted to buy groceries, but he can't be mean to lisa and be like oh i didn't want to buy what you bought it's just he he buys everything that's in the impulse aisle again because he's a a child <laughs> like especially the cell phone full of candy like that is such a great buy me this mommy kind of purchase that homer made i love that uh and uh and yeah lisa uh her reaction to the soaked through dishes too like bart's just an illusion yeah. <laughs> love that uh, and, and the bart's using a racing form in that shot too it's not commented on <laughs> yeah <but laughs> that's a nice little gag i didn't even notice that uh i actually out uh, after watching this episode before bob came over i was like oh crap i gotta wash my dishes i can't <laughs> let bob see my i because definitely in that previously mentioned roommate scenario i was of the type of like well you know it's gonna be hard to scrub this macaroni and cheese stuff off of this pot let it age in the sink yeah, just soak it mike and i are still regular soakers yeah it i mean i think there is truth to it there I is merit yeah. i don't know soak. I, I recently invested in non-stick uh, cookware, like all across the board. I'm like, I was a fool to scrub anything ever. I was a fool. Uh, I'm I'm okay with an overnight soak. I just did that with my uh, rice cooker pot. I did I did an overnight, but I'm I try to not let it go more than a day. In a four day uh, soak is probably a bit excessive. Though I definitely have done it, and it did not rest through in my twenties. So <laughs> the Simpsons lied to me there. Oh, I also sorry one last 
why I want to shout out like astronaut bed. It's the bread of astronauts. Like, <laughs> that's a great does, line. That's what it says. Then Lisa tries to call Marge for some help, but Marge is too high. There's I I wonder Lisa did get the place pretty cleaned up later, which after having two feet of water in the house is pretty crazy. <laughs> She must have called Surly I Joe or something. I love the game. Uh, yeah. uh, then Homer, especially Homer's crash, and then he says, Polo. <laughs> yeah, apparently uh, when this happened to Mike Scully when he was a kid, he called his mom in the hospital when his older brother was chasing him with a knife. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So it could have been a darker story. That story did make me feel bad for memories I had a kid of, like, just not that kind of situation. But if me and my brother had an argument... Uh, you know, in our, like when I was 10 and he was seven, let's say we would call mom at work to be like, mom, he did this. And we did that too. Like my mom, my (laughs) sister would terrorize me and I would have to like call for help. Uh, but I, I just think now of all, all the stressful times I've had in an office job and then imagining my kids calling me in between stuff with, with something else to be stressed about. I'm like, Oh God, it's, it's none of those like happy to uh, happy childless moments there <laughs> and i also like how marge just hangs up on lisa with like ah, i think so too bye <laughs> it's great animation on snowball her life has been so hard <laughs> it, it's nice that marge gets at least two weeks uh one week i guess of of being happy she's having a rancho relaxo experience here you're right actually yeah. pretty similar to that yeah no tequila but morphine also that uh, that description of the bone could jam into her brain i'm like that's a horrifying description i uh, i it's made me worry about like uh what people warn you about I think anytime, Lindsay, has this ever happened to you when you've gone on a long flight and your mom has warned you, like, get make sure to walk around. You'll get a blood clot. Oh, and yeah. It'll give you a heart attack. Uh, I worried about that all on my own. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, my mom never said anything like that to me. Uh, but when I learned what a blood clot was, I have been afraid of them ever since. But, I have gone to the emergency room three times whoa. in my adult life because i was sure that i had a blood clot um but it was actually just a panic attack oh. about having a blood clot oh wow geez i'm, I'm sorry to bring up those memories <laughs> oh it's fine uh, it's not an actually traumatic thing it's just you know one of those hypochondriac for some reason we- uh, because with birth control blood clots you get a higher risk for hmm. them oh. and as soon as i read that i was like oh my god i'm gonna get a blood clot one day as people in the gaming industry we were highest at risk for blood clots oh yes uh, constant sitting sense. and flights to japan yes yeah. yeah now that's why i'd uh... did you get compression socks oh no Ooh, I sh- maybe i should invest in my- i bought some compression socks because i kept just having this total paranoia We've uh, we've all taken those long uh, California to Tokyo flights here. I think that that was when my mom warned me about it and put it in my head. I never I wasn't worried about it ever before, but I guess actually now nine years ago when I did my first flight to Tokyo, that's when my mom was like, "You got get up and walk oh, yeah. around every few hours. You got to do." It. She told me that about thirty times, and I appreciated it. It means she <laughs> it didn't smart. want me to you die. Should. Yeah, yeah. No, and I the moms uh, are right. They <laughs> almost always are. <laughs> Uh, and so Lisa is just about at the end of her rope and, uh, we get a, uh, very dark sequence with Lucy, uh, the I love Lucy show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so strange. This is so weird. The, the weird alternate 
universe version of I Love Lucy where Ricky just beats her. Yeah. yeah. The domestic violence <laughs> jokes here, very dark. They feel 10 times darker now. But in, I mean, in the early 2000s, they were trying to keep up with South Park and Family Guy. It was a lot more normal to do a off uh, a very mean-spirited joke like this i forgot that there was a callback to uh ricky hitting lucy yes later in the yeah. episode and then they play uh the william frawley uh impersonator at the end dan castellanetta <laughs> i gotta say like i believe on podcast the ride they just talked about a lucy thing the, recently the tribute to lucy thing at universal yeah and on gayest episode ever they just did an episode about a gay joke and i love lucy mm. uh that's irrelevant to this conversation what is relevant is like the domestic abuse in that episode was like lucy thinks ricky is going to kill her because she's crazy you know she's a zany housewife or whatever right, right. and uh ricky's like i don't know what i'm gonna do and uh william frawley or um what's his name again on the show fred Thank fred you. merch is like when uh, ethel gets in a mood i always slip her a mickey so like Whoa. drug your wife if she's you know acting up is basically the the plot of the episode wow and that that is not called out as like that's we that's messed up fred but then no, ricky's like <laughs> no i'll try that so I'll like drugging my wife and then wow. the joke after that is that lucy thinks uh ricky's trying to poison her and really he's just trying to drug her oh god like every husband oh, does that's all. yeah wow. <laughs> so yeah those that's kind of cute. 50s values are all over i love yeah. lucy that's crazy, especially for a show that was like made by one of the most powerful women in Hollywood at the time that it still has that much like entrenched sexism in it. Like, I mean, that's just the 50s, I guess. But uh, but yeah, that. Uh, OK, well, so now the joke about spousal abuse less out of left field than in, yeah. uh, in this clip. Hmm. Uh, and uh, were you a big uh, Lucy watcher growing up yourself, Lindsay? I didn't watch it a ton, but I I watched it enough to where like I'm I'm very familiar with I Love Lucy, but it wasn't like I was watching it like The Simpsons. I I definitely caught a few in the Nick at Night nights I had as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, though honestly, I was drawn more to the ones post divorce because those were in color. The Lucille Ball oh, shows. That was a different show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when she was uh, Carmichael. <laughs> I hated those because. Uh, but that had Mr. Mooney. And, she um, she was she was this Lucy by yes, that point, yes. which we hear in this episode. Uh, Mike loves talking about old Lucy. God, yeah, I watched all of I Love Lucy probably like three or four times through because like in wow. the summer there was like a three hour block on a local station that was just like I Love Lucy and Gomer Pyle and Andy Griffith and Happy Days. Just like I watch all those all the way through in my youth, so I know all of this stuff. Wow, except for Fred Mertz's name. I wasn't familiar name. with the. Is it the Lucy show where she works in the bank? Yeah, yes. yeah. I wasn't familiar with that until I was an adult, and but I would still laugh at Mystery Science Theater three thousand jokes where mm. they would go Mrs. Carmichael. Oh yeah, <laughs> like ha, ha 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 But I I didn't know what that was referencing until I was like I don't know twenty five. That's right. Anytime on MST3K, if a slightly balding man with a mustache was on time, he would just go like, Lucy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you'll love Oyster Lucy, remember? Uh, yeah. I've just got to meet Bob Cummings. Bev. 
impressive. <laughs> the uh, and it's Tress McNeil doing the voice here, which is interesting too because she, I mean, she does a great Lucille Ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also one of her earliest jobs in Hollywood, Tress McNeil, was doing the Lucy part of Weird Al Yankovic's 1983 song "Oh Ricky." Not just the voice, but also playing her in the video. Yes. Yeah. Weird. With, yeah. Which uh, weird and Weird Al, uh, you know, it was a different time, but he played. He did play Ricky. Uh, mm. He's a little tan, I'll say, in the clips there. <laughs> uh, but mm. he, he wouldn't do that mm. now. No, I'm no. just saying. <laughs> uh, but yes, why do well, we... that video. <laughs> As if it's still playing anywhere. The, well, it's at 2 million views on YouTube on the official Weird Al channel. I just gave it a watch today. Oh, uh, well then pull it from YouTube. <laughs> I'm not trying to get it Weird Al canceled. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, mm-hmm. uh, well, you, we hear you loud and clear. I will start <laughs> that petition. Uh, but yes, in this clip here, this is the time where I, I feel Homer is too mean to Lisa. Like, this is the too mean crossing for me. Lucy! You hit her pretty hard there, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Say, folks, what's all the ruckus? (laughs) Will you guys turn that thing down? Sweetie, if we didn't turn it down for the cops, what chance do you have? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Losing your marbles, huh, kid? <laughs> Lucy? Lucy McGillicuddy Ricardo Carmichael. <coughs> and I think there's some more. What are you doing here? I came from heaven to help you get revenge on these bums. Is there an ashtray around here? Will this do? Thanks, doll. Now, we need a scheme to teach those slobs a lesson. You mean like when you hid inside the conga drum to scare Ricky? Hey, stay away from the drums. That's my bit. I got it. Here's what you do. Wait until they fall asleep. Then you sneak into their rooms and make sure they're fast asleep. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, for as crazy as this uh, plot twist is, that, that little whispering gag, uh, it makes me die. It's so great because, you know, it should be, in all, it should be you know, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, or just the mumbling, but it's all audible. You hear what her plan is. Yeah. Uh, so at this point in the series, in this point in the episode, literally Lucille Ball, her spirit, invades the Simpsons' home yes. to help Lisa. Uh, solve her problem it's not a dream yeah it's not it is as far as the show's reality is concerned the real ghost of lucy showed up <laughs> to tell lisa this plan you, you like i think it's a meta commentary way it feels like the show saying okay the next twist of lisa trying to trick them into doing housework feels like an old school plot of a of a sitcom like i love lucy so why not have lucy show up to give her that idea and then i think the third act is supposed to be like well here's how the simpsons would make it way crazier (laughs) than i love lucy would deal with this kind of uh caper it would involve electric needles yes yeah yeah, every Elsa that Lucy is just smoking constantly. She's uh, she had been gone for eleven years by the time this episode aired. I believe she passed in nineteen eighty nine, mm-hmm. and uh, that she's still smoking up in heaven too. But I guess it can't do any more damage in heaven. So well, it's heaven. You can't do whatever you want in heaven. That's true. Yeah. 
And I also like how she's uh, such a professional. She's like, hey, that's my bit. Like she's very, <laughs> very defensive. Uh, apparently, You're right. It, I didn't think it felt extra mean when Homer made that joke about the, the cops. Mm-hmm. But when it's immediately followed by a smack and Homer laughing and saying he hit her again, it does feel a little a little bit meaner yes yeah just because it's followed up by that i think if homer didn't say sweetie before that it might it it would come off even worse i guess but just his way i mean he's homer is the jerk in a bad neighbors like horror film of like (laughs) we didn't stop for the cops we're not stopping for you the plot is that lisa will uh paint on them with poster paint and oats to make them think they have gangrene kind of lesions all over themselves and uh, there's some great more crazy drawings in this like the the sleeping bart drawing where he has kind of like a crocodile his classic crocodile (laughs) mouth i love that and also the way they look in the mirror is pretty yeah like rushing towards the camera and like pulling at their skin (laughs) and really cool and i love how lisa says like i don't like the look of this you don't because that's what i said (laughs) like tell her that bart that's a great line (laughs) and then we get some webmd jokes which i just have stopped going to webmd if i ever have a fear i'm just like oh what does this feeling mean webmd always takes me to something that sounds very terminal i'm like well i just feel worried like i i now i'm a no webmd guy i guess i don't enter symptoms anymore i'll just go and look at it as a reference for something i do definitely know that i have or somebody else has or just looking it up for my own knowledge yeah i wasn't sure if it was too early for webmd but apparently uh 98 was uh, the year of webmd pretty new but here their version of webmd is pretty funny though yeah uh well i guess especially in a pre-hd television era or early i guess maybe you'd say early hd you can't really have them scroll through a web page on screen anyway like the text wouldn't read and it's kind of boring so in making it a virtual cartoon doctor that talks is uh is a smart uh way of uh, fixing it yeah yeah (laughs) And uh, though, uh, as a video gamer, I have always been confused by their reference to real video game Dragon Quest. I here. I think that's just to them. It was like this sounds like a game. I think they had no idea what Dragon Quest was because it wasn't even Dragon Quest in America yet. Yeah, yeah. If if you were somebody who played those games in English, you knew them as Dragon Warrior. If you even played them. And uh, I mean, Dragon Quest to English speakers, I think always has sounded, I, I love the game series, but it's kind of a generic sounding name for a fantasy role-playing game, right? So I can I can just see that the writers are like, Dragon Quest, yeah, that's a, that's a video game. Yeah, it does sound <laughs> You wouldn't think it's a real thing just the way they say it in this. But uh, but yes, the virtual doctor in this next clip is played by Elwood Edwards, mm-hmm. the uh, the voice of You've Got Mail, yes. Goodbye, all those things. I want to, if you can, if you I look those. I catch that. Oh, yeah. I think it's because, uh, I think it's because he's recorded at too high of a quality on this because it's ah. for broadcast that the joke is lost. Like he recorded those AOL sounds on a tape recorder in his living room and then those sounds were compressed to (laughs) be spat out to your computer at like 14 uh you know kilobytes per second that's That's why he doesn't sound like the aol guy i don't know after you play the clip of him can you play like the actual like you've got mail sure sure (laughs) what's wrong with us 
Oh, I don't like the looks of this. You don't? Because that's what I said. Tell her, Bart. Shut up. Shut up. We better check with the doctor. Welcome to Virtual Doctor. From the makers of Dragon Quest and Sim Sandwich. Enter, Enter symptoms, symptoms now. Let's see. Crusty sores. Yes. Horrible wailing. Yes. <laughs> yes! Any exposure to unsanitary conditions? Duh. We're pigs. <laughs> okay. And diagnose. You've got leprosy. Leprosy! leprosy! Ah! Unclean! 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 Help us, Virtual Doc. Look at me. I'm on my knees. Goodbye. <laughs> Excellent. Yep, they got goodbye in there, too. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's... I knew oh, that they were referencing that. I just couldn't tell it was the guy. They actually went to the trouble of finding him. Uh, well, here uh, is the original you, You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail. That is so you've crunchy. You've Got Mail. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Man, uh, I remember when getting a mail was like to, a thing to be celebrated. A man would tell you. He would announce <laughs> it proudly throughout the house that you have mail. One, did That'd you... be so annoying if it happened now. <laughs> did you guys see the viral content from 2016? Of well, It's two people. They get an Uber driver and they're like, oh, our Uber driver is the You've Got Mail guy. I Yeah, I think I, I read that he was like later found to be an Uber driver. Yes. Yeah, he's... Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Well, in the in the video, he's happy to share it. He's like, oh, get, like the person goes, guess who's driving me in this Uber? You've got mail. Like he just does it off the top of his we, head. We just talked about how... Oh, I'm just bummed that he had to be an Uber driver. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just talked about how uh, AOL bought something for $178 billion. Yep. Yeah. They couldn't get like get, get this guy set for life. Give him a million dollars. Yeah, just yeah. Just give him one million. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's kind of, uh, it's it's a bit wrong. You're right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hey, at least, I hope the Simpsons at least play, paid him pretty good for, for showing up here for this. I'm sure he still gets residuals from yeah, this. Yeah, I sure bet he, he gets... SAG scale, maybe I bet, above. <laughs> I bet he gets more residuals for this than he does for AOL uh, discs playing. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> and uh, also, yeah, Lisa just straight up does Mr. Burns' is excellent here. Uh, and then we come to the third act, which is just like, wacky town in about it's, three minutes <laughs> yeah uh so it starts with you know i think a normal sitcom would have like say full house would have done trick the characters into doing housework they then realize yeah, i was very uh, surprised by that by the fact that that does not happen it completely backfires the even though they are fully believing it they are still like no i can't clean even at this <laughs> point like i literally will not touch a mob well full, full house is not going to build another set for the characters to leave and go to so yeah. they just be stuck inside uh well they could do a full house episode where it's like and then they go to disney world <laughs> to fix their leprosy they decide instead to head off to a leper island. Or, well, first they just ask for help from God, which, you know, in a few episodes, Homer is going to think that uh, Christ's name is Jeebus, but here he knows it's Jesus. So, man, there's some continuity wow, there. Simpsons. He is getting stupider. <laughs> That's, that is a big slip up. <laughs> I also do I like love Bart's joke. Oh, the why would God punish a kid? I mean, an American kid. <laughs> yes, it's great. I love that joke. It's a great commentary on how, like, 
I don't know, a Christian. Americans feel about themselves. Oh, yes. Yeah. That (laughs) that if you're an American Christian, you're like, well, if I'm happy, it's because God is nice to me. You're like, well, then why is there suffering in other countries? Oh, I must. It must be that God favors Americans. They did something wrong. Clearly. Uh, And so they head across the street to Flanders. This is another just great. They they become zombies in this next (laughs) clip very briefly. your brains to help us your delicious brains (laughs) oh those poor souls what's the christian thing to do oh thank you thank you thank you you wonderful man (laughs) 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 all right food (laughs) (laughs) leave some for rod and todd here you go lad todd no Listen, Homer, we'd love to help you, but we're not really set up for lepers. <laughs> so you're shunning us. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking we could send you to a better place. You know, a place where they could really take care of you. Oh, thank you, good sir. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that's smart. Boys, get the alcohol-free alcohol. That, uh, I gotta say, all this face mask and quarantining stuff hits a little different now. That, that's true, yeah. 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 <laughs> you really, now that, now that we're in quarantine, you, you didn't realize how many TV shows and movies had a plague plot line. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you Although, watch anything now and it's like, oh, it's a freaking pandemic plot line. <laughs> it was fantasy then. Mm-hmm. It was a fun idea. Yeah, like, ah, ha, 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 wouldn't it be funny if we gave them an infectious disease? <laughs> uh, how, how silly it would be to take precautions about <laughs> exposure to something. I just know I'm going to be openly protesting the first Zoom-based sitcom. Oh, God. It's no longer yeah. going to be a one-off special. It's going to be like, this is a Zoom show. <laughs> We're all zooming around. Yesterday, actually, I don't. I want every TV show and movie to take place in an alternate universe where COVID does not exist because I don't want to see all of these stay at home media that's going to pop up now. I don't want it. We're in for trouble. Like, I totally agree with you because I I don't want to see any, like, well, here's our cute uh, COVID love story or the COVID office or whatever. Like, no, we, I want escapism. I don't want to look at this. Yeah. Be outside. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I, well, and you know, with the safety concerns of even filming live action together again, I think it's time to, you know, more animation than ever needs to be greenlit by production companies, starting with the third season of Infinity Train. I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, the writers need to be made WGA. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, the animation guild means well. Hmm. Yeah. No, I've heard. It I've... just doesn't have a lot of members to get the leverage hmm. that it needs. Uh, the, well, you know, you're in company there with early Simpsons, right? It wasn't until season 10 that Simpsons became even a WGA show. Was it 10? I thought it was 7 at least. No, no it was 10. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, 99 I think, right Henry? Yeah, you know, uh Mike Scully, one of the best things he did in his time on the show was he spearheaded the push to make them full WGA. We we interviewed him about this and uh it was right when Family Guy was launching that he, and Futurama 
that he's like okay the three of us together we can get this show going or we can get this wga thing going with fox and you know to seth mcfarland's credit like and he was a new showrunner like a new tv show creator he joined in with scully like he's like yeah let's do it we'll we'll make this wga like so it's an inspiring story of how how and but took him 10 years to get that show to be wga yeah, it took him 10 years to get the the name power uh, <laughs> Ugh, so depressing in happier Sorry, news yes. uh, leprosy let's talk yes, about leprosy yeah, i did leprosy. some yeah leprosy research and apparently it is not very contagious mm. you need like prolonged exposure to like the droplets uh so it's even less contagious than let's say covid19 yeah so uh, so yeah the leper colonies were just people not understanding the disease mm. and that's yeah. why those things happened I know it that's why it would largely spread between families. And I, I saw too that it wasn't like it's been pretty not preventable but curable for the last like fifty years too. The and also why it's called Hansen's is because Hansen is the name of the scientist who discovered the actual like, you know, virus that causes uh leprosy as well so that you know if uh leprosy is such a good uh, not good i mean it's a a memorable <laughs> <great>. yeah <laughs> the but the word is a memorable word and works for, because of the stigma attached to it i can see why saying hansen's disease didn't really like catch on you know but it's also good for somebody with Hansen's disease. So if somebody like us are like, oh, I have Hansen's disease and they're like, okay, I don't know what that is. Oh, I'm so sorry. Whereas if you're like, I have leprosy, that person's going to have a completely different reaction. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Homer kisses Ned right on the mouth too. I and he loses his mustache from that. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't kiss strangers anymore or your neighbors. <laughs> no more kissing neighbors. It's it sucks. Tragic. <laughs> Uh, that's and, the biggest loss i think also uh we just finished doing season one so seeing a jello mold joke is again a very season one kind of yeah. thing the horror of the family is great yeah and just yeah. uh i i really laughed at homer scooping the jello with his hand and saying <laughs> eat up I mean, he wants to, a rod to eat out of his hand it is funny though because it's unclear why they flee to the flanders house uh oh because they had a whole perfectly good house they they are looking for somebody as good as jesus to help them with their leprosy so, oh right uh and uh also worth noting that this uh other than her final episode as a living character this is the last appearance of maude in a speaking role before uh her passing so enjoy it enjoy these mod lines here she did not sound like herself did she no no she's she's been replaced for this season that's yeah okay that's uh one of the unfortunate angles of why they got they um chose to kill off mod yeah. is that there was uh drama with the actress who had played her for the previous 10 years on the show uh wanting a you know basically a standard of living increase like not even a huge raise and wow. uh and they felt that they wouldn't pay that that sucks yeah unfortunately Maude did not live to see the ben-hur remake <laughs> oh yes, so, yeah uh, how many times <laughs> are gonna remake that thing i don't understand they that. just they need to kill more horses <laughs> but i do like they bring into the ned and Maude relationship the the thing that you know them saying like you watch that without me like that that but with a christian film is is funny 
It's I really I love the imagination Christmas joke. Oh yes, yeah. They're they're they, they're that, so excited. I I want to see that gif on a loop of them just like walking <laughs> moving back and forth. We cut back to the house. Lisa gets an awkward phone call from Mo where they find out that Mo has been kind of cheating on uh Homer with them. Uh he, like he's especially he's like, "Oh, wow okay <laughs> uh and that idea of an eye-opener drink like that definitely feels like it's a a drink from when it was more normal to drink in the morning it's like a madman era uh terminology like yeah. i need an eye yes. opener <laughs> uh, uh, yeah no, no mo like uh just in disbelief that lisa would think homer was going to the gym in the morning i yeah. did like that <laughs> and uh and if you want to make your own eye opener out there i've got the recipe from esquire's website oh uh so you want one and one half ounces of dark rum, half a teaspoon of orange curacao, one half teaspoon of a- apricot liqueur, one teaspoon of grenadine, and one egg yolk. And that is how you get an eye opener. I don't drink before uh, 10 a.m., unfortunately. So <laughs> No, I mean, this. Uh, if you're somebody who needs an eye opener, you they, uh, the, Homer getting an eye opener each morning at the bar says a lot about Homer and uh, his rampant alcoholism, I think. I'm the opposite. I don't drink um, anytime after 10 a.m. Oh, <laughs> get it all in in the morning, right? Uh, you can work it yes, off. Yeah. <laughs> I do about three cups of eye openers and then um, and then I can't have any later in the day because then I won't fall asleep. You could just pour vodka into your pancake batter. It's fine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of milk, I'm going to give that a shot. Uh, yeah, it's a real one-to-one swap out. <laughs> Lisa hangs up on Mo, despite Mo demanding he not hang up on her. And uh, Marjorie enters the house and uh, she's walking on a cane. But just for this scene, she has lost the cane by the time she appears in Hawaii in the next bit. This is when they find out that they, uh, they sent them to Molokai Island uh, with which had been referenced on the show before. All right, right. It was in Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow opens with Circus of the Stars for Molokai Island, not just for lepers anymore. And we heard about the uh, the good islands, not the leper ones. Yeah, that yeah. one too. Uh, yeah. Apparently, mandatory isolation ended in Mo- Molokai in 1969. Wow. So 50, it was like 30 years ago in this episode of Simpsons aired. Yeah, I think, uh, I think finally uh, Hawaii is... Is no longer uh, associated with leprosy this is the first i'm hearing of this <laughs> that it ever was i i mean when i was like 12 and seeing jokes on the simpsons about leper islands they made no sense to me but i just yeah that was i think like, i just <laughs> accepted them without thinking <laughs> I, uh, any further past it leper colony is something i had heard before but leper island was not was not something <laughs> I, I had i think they'd usually be islands just to separate them from the rest of like non-leprous people i did never i've also na- never been to hawaii still have mm. not i in my in my gaming press days i was definitely jealous of like three guys who i got to go on <sighs> business trips to hawaii because they had to play a video game in hawaii i was just thinking like uh last spring we almost went to hawaii me and my fiance and we're like you know what that's kind of impulsive we'll just go later <laughs> there will never be a later <laughs> oh god <laughs> they'll never let uh... me go <laughs> Lindsay, have you have you uh, dreamed of going to Hawaii or have you been? I have dreamed. I have not been. My mom lived there for about a year, but wow. I have not been. Yeah. Also, I was not born 
when she was there for years. So I don't know why that was exactly relevant. But <laughs> Your mom was bragging to you about Hawaii all, all your youth? Yes. She's <laughs> like, when I lived on Hawaii, it was so cheap. Also, the bugs were huge. Wow. <laughs> yeah, for all of the Hawaii talk, they are there for 90 seconds of this episode. <laughs> I, I think I have like five notes about Hawaii. Yeah. I, yeah, it barely happened. I measured it in the thing. I was like, it's literally 90 seconds. And and that's if you count Homer singing a song over the credits. Yeah. Like... I, I don't know if I said this on the show or just before the show, but like, I think they're in the Flanders house longer than Hawaii. Yes, you are right. They head over to Hawaii. We cut to Bart and Homer being do- dropped off by a taxi driver who refused to take their money. That's a funny drawing. And if if you're going to Hawaii in the late 90s, you have to make a gay marriage joke. It is the law oh. of comedy then. Yeah. Uh, Homer says, we're going to watch a couple gay guys get married, which... Uh, the history on that now, of course, you know, with marriage equality being the rule all across the U.S., these jokes are kind of lost to time. But Hawaii was one of the leading states of the battle over marriage equality in 1991. A lawsuit from three same-sex couples was brought against the state government in Hawaii, uh, them wanting to be given a marriage license and being refused it. In 1996, a judge ruled that the state couldn't ban same-sex couples from getting a marriage license but then by 1999 they ratified an amendment to their the state constitution that made same-sex marriage illegal again though at the time they they, (laughs) well though at the time um hawaii did have a version of civil unions that was better than any other state in the u.s if uh you know so i don't not not that that's you know great yeah (laughs) uh and then uh you know 2013 too late in the game guys (laughs) too late in the game to be that bigoted Uh, and in 2013 they they may the state of hawaii made it legal they were uh, not the first state in the u.s to do it but two years ahead of the supreme court ruling that legalized it i when we just at the time of recording we just passed the anniversary of it okay and uh it was five years i'm like man that five years flew right by like yeah i completely forgot about five years happened 50 years ago (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that because like what i associate hawaii the most with now or at least 10 years ago so if they made this episode five years later it would be about dog the bounty hunter yes it's like that was the pop culture reference no longer gay marriage it was this guy this roadie looking guy uh who was racist joe tiger uh, oh, wait, oh t- uh, d- Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. You can tell by the way I called it Joe Tiger. <laughs> I think I think he was in Oklahoma, or if it was Oklahoma and well, Florida. All over the place. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think they let him into Hawaii. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we get to hear about the electric needle room. Whoa, this is a hospital. There it is. We'll take the cure. Bag a few lobsters, then watch some gay guys get married. <laughs> ah, you must be the Simpsons. Howdy, and thanks for not recoiling in horror. Thank you for the friendly howdy. Can we get a room with a view? Oh, you'll have a great view of the whole beach from the electric needle room. Really? The whole beach? Yes, from the electric needle room. Electric needle room? <laughs> I I love that it takes him hearing that twice to react to it. I kind of wanted one more beat of Homer not getting it, but there's not (laughs) enough time. Uh, I I do like that on the second 
time he says it, there's still like a very long pause between (laughs) him saying it again and Homer realizing. Their engagement with the electric needles for the other minute of this episode is so funny that they they both uh, love it and hate it. And like the the shot of Bart hearing Homer screaming and going like, that's not my turn. And he's next. Yeah. Yeah. As he looks at his number two. (laughs) I think the doctor is more interested in getting paid. He should know up front like this is paint and oatmeal. Like Yes. Yeah. I was thinking that i was like surely surely the experts can tell the difference they you homer would need to eat one of his sores to know it which that joke made me gag yeah that uh, was pretty disgusting (laughs) but also they, they just all seem to be accepting like well you don't have leprosy but we also want to treat you. I mean, maybe it's the Flanders already paid for it. So they're like, ah, all right, we'll do it. Yeah, the the many jokes, the multiple jokes of just their bloody backs and the bloody bandages. Yeah, ga- covered in gauze. Oh, yeah. Horrifying. It's real gross. Yeah. And from what I read on treatment of it, you don't use electric needles on treating Hansen's disease. Like it, it is more about like anti antibiotics and antiviral treatments, that kind of skin needle stuff. That's, that's more for like old school wart removal and stuff. That's what I think of with electric needle jokes. I think like acne. Well, that doesn't make for a fun pain <laughs> joke. <laughs> that's true. If Homer and Bart were just popping pills and be like, oh, this isn't so bad. It should have involved more acid, I think. <laughs> Is acid funnier than needles? Vote in the comments. Boy, that's tough. <laughs> or they, they take the antibiotics, but because they don't really need them, it just kills off healthy bacteria and they get C. diff. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's a good pitch. Alternate pitch. I like that. <laughs> uh, but yes, the family is reunited. How much money did Lisa Marge spend, or did Marge, I guess, spend to fly them to Hawaii? Because Ski trips, flights to Hawaii. What's going in on with 90s this family? money? Yeah, maybe uh, like a thousand. Mm. well and march just had a long stay at a hospital which i mean you know insurance only goes so far and how good is the the health insurance at the power plant anyway god it was also they sent her to springfield presbyterian not cheapo saint mary yeah (laughs) Yeah, we were in the economic surplus though so that's true yeah actually the i mean that aol time warner deal is happening because the dot-com bubble is at the biggest it ever ever will be in in the year 2000 it was boy what a happy 18 months we were gonna have in january <laughs> 2000 really we mm-hmm. we didn't know it uh but yes here's uh one last clip as the family is happily reunited in hawaii time to turn over here they are oh thank god you're all right dad bart i played a horrible trick on you and i'm really sorry you don't have leprosy. It's just oatmeal. Yeah, we know. I figured it out after I ate one of my chest swords. Well, let's get out of here. No way. We scored a free Hawaiian vacation. This place is a blast. All we have to do is endure two hours of blinding pain. Then it's nothing but shopping and surfing. Tonight we're going to put our fake sores back on, then jump the fence at Club Med and scare the normals. Well, it all sounds lovely, but... Come on, listen up. This is paradise. And then Homer screams a bit over the credits, which I, I won't make the listeners hear that. Sings the classic Aloha Oi. Yeah. You know, uh, this just hit me here, and we've talked about this before in Lisa episodes, where they make her apologize for a thing she shouldn't apologize for. Oh, like, yeah. I guess I, I, I lost the plot completely. Yeah. Um, I mean, she 
did make them think they have leprosy, which I think is like maybe an overreaction to keeping a dirty house. I guess that's true. But but, but shouldn't they at least <laughs> apologize back to her of like, hey, we're sorry we were so messy and didn't help you. They with absolutely it, but, yeah. should. Yes. I will say, to be fair, uh, Lisa was tricked by an evil ghost. That's true. Yeah. She should <laughs> yeah. say, I never should have listened to Lucille Ball. <laughs> the evil ghost of Lucille Ball. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, it's just in the make room for Lisa episode last season in season 10 it's all this one-sided apologizing that Lisa does like she goes like oh I'm sorry it's just this it's like I don't know other no character apologizes to Lisa for treating her like dirt so it it just feels uh imbalanced to me you know yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> uh and marge clearly hawaii is treating marge very well because she's just like dumped her cane she isn't even walking around <laughs> it's with. that hot weather all the bones <laughs> are just knitting together well, she got up and walked a bit on the plane <laughs> the plane trip over it works that's be a long flight from springfield to hawaii <laughs> yeah taking a quick walk on planes helps uh prevent blood clots and heal broken bones <laughs> it sets a compound fracture easily like that also mm -hmm. i i forgot to mention too when they remove her cast that feels like a real writer's room full of men joke about how a woman has hairy legs after a week. Yeah, but I, there's nothing funny about it. It's like, yeah, your hair would grow yeah. under a cast and... <laughs> but instead the or maybe it is a sign that it was written by a woman because a guy would be like, oh yeah, I never thought of that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could go either way. Though Hibbert's disgust at it is like... That, that is yeah a little unfair to marge like yeah her, she didn't shave her leg under a cast like give her a break he's done surgeries before leg hair is grossing him out <laughs> uh, he, and he's fully got a mouthful of canker sores who's he to judge you know uh but yeah that's uh that episode is all over the place it is a crazy wacky episode but there's a lot of funny stuff in it and i can't i can't think too badly of an episode that gave us stupid sexy flanders yep well Lindsay, yeah. any uh, final thoughts yourself no i was pleased i don't think that i've seen this episode before but i do have a just god-awful memory so <laughs> it is possible i had but i very much enjoyed myself because i did stop watching after i went to college which was in 2000 so maybe mm. i had seen this but yeah i only it's fun to watch a later episode every act is a different episode of this episode and i only remembered the second act like oh yeah lisa is the mom and the and bart and homer are bad i forgot about skiing <laughs> and i forgot about hawaii mm -hmm. so yeah uh, it's, it's as if they could all be separate episodes yes it's a real grab bag and i think they eventually went back to hawaii at some point i think for a real i'd Simpsons. be shocked if they did <laughs> <laughs> what state haven't they gone to mm -hmm. they i mean they've been to delaware so they gotta go back to hawaii <laughs> Uh, but uh, but Lindsay, thank you so much again for doing the show. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, do you have any uh, final plugs you want to give? Yeah, uh, please, please, please check out Infinity Train streaming on HBO Max. Books one and two are mm. already up there and book three should be coming out soon by the time Ooh. this episode comes out. Yeah, we're very excited about it and we hope that everybody likes it a lot and uh teen creeps your your podcast is a lot of fun oh, right yeah. yeah i also have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah please check out teen creeps we read YA horror from the 80s and 90s like christopher pike rl stein lois duncan all all those like teen slasher books hmm. with the cool covers awesome and i host well, that with kelly nugent who is great 
That's awesome. Thank you. So, thank you so much for coming on. We got to have yeah, you back. Thank you. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. So thanks again to Lindsay for being on the show. Be sure to check out all of her stuff. But as for us, if you want to check out more of our stuff and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad free, please go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Sign up there for five bucks. You'll get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. When you sign up, you'll immediately get access to all the stuff we made for the past uh, more than three years at this point. That's a lot of podcasts, over 100 bonus podcasts, which includes all of our limited miniseries, the most recent of which was Talking Mission Hill. We did the entire uh, Mission Hill only season using the Talking Simpsons slash What a Cartoon treatment. And it's all there on the Patreon behind that paywall, along with all of our other miniseries interviews and so much more. And Henry can tell everybody out there what's happening at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons at the $10 level. One mega long podcast once a month that is only for patrons of that level or higher. That's right. If you enjoy me and Bob breaking down Simpsons episodes or animated series, you'll want to hear us do it for a different different animated feature film once a month on the what a cartoon movie podcast like with what a cartoon we take film and do the history of it and a scene by scene breakdown of it often for over four hours if you sign up now you can hear recent ones like the black cauldron and space jam and an entire back catalog over 80 hours of what a cartoon movie podcast for you to enjoy if you sign up at the ten dollar level or up your five dollar pledge to ten and you get all that five dollar stuff as well at patreon Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So as for me, I have been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And my other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast about old video games. Find it wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts. Sign up there for two exclusive episodes every month. Again, that is patreon.com slash retronauts. Henry, what about you? Follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. You'll get all your Henry Gilbert updates there. And I tweet a bunch of fun things. Uh, also, if you enjoy this podcast and its sister podcast what a cartoon and want to stay informed whenever new stuff happens on them please follow at talk simpsons pod on twitter at talk simpsons pod tweets out whenever there are new episodes on the free feeds or on the patreon or when we have cool new mini series and other stuff coming up so please stay in the loop by following at talk simpsons pod on twitter thanks so much for listening folks we'll see you next time for faith off and we'll see you then stops in for an eye opener on the way to work. He told us he'd been going to the gym. <laughs> wow. Anyway, you don't think he could be at another bar, do you? Because I couldn't take that. I I, I just couldn't. I <laughs> Don't hang up on me.